0: spirituality matters. And now I invite you to settle into that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as meaningful and sacred as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled, I wish it was over, but it is just the beginning. Now I'm going to tell you that this will be a relatively short podcast because this is the final podcast of the year. And as I wrap this up, I am working on a lot of exciting things that I can't say right now as I'm recording this, but there's a lot of stuff coming in 2023 that I'm very very excited about and honored so honored that so many of you are on this journey with me whether you've purchased a course, whether you have joined uh, my spiritual community on Patreon or whether you just are here. I I am so honored that you're here and that you're following or you're a subscriber or you're now a client or a patron. And I am going, the first part of this uh, podcast will be about politics. Um, I think it's important that we bookend this year with a reminder that we have work to do. But at the end of this, I'm going to also give you a writing that I had done several years ago honoring the winter solstice. So this year is, this week is a highly, highly sacred and auspicious week because not only do we start the Christmas uh, week, we have uh, the winter solstice here, and there's all kinds of spiritual traditions throughout the entire month of December that I hope that if you were part of of our holidays for the rest of us and took part in the Hello December, then you were part of that 31-day program, and you learned more about those. But if you didn't, that's okay. There's always next year. Now. Let's get going, and what I plan to do here is really just kind of uh, expand a little bit on what I wrote in the blog, but for the most part, we're gonna go straight through it, and like I said, it'll be pretty quickly. So when I started to write this blog, it was in the wee hours of Sunday, November 13th. So like I have said before, this has been my normal now. For about eight years, people are like, oh my gosh, you really get up between two and five? Yeah, not a lot. If I go to bed really late, forget it. I can't get up. I have to do it from a place of rest. So you'll see me start to head towards bed pretty early. And I've been doing that since uh, before seminary when I went to school. So really, yeah, it's been at least eight years, maybe even longer that I've been doing this. And if I were honest, I actually did it before. And it was something my brother does. My grandmother did it as well. I remember so many nights where I was getting up at that time and she'd be sitting there on my couch and she'd say I'm just fascinated by maybe it was a piece of art or a picture or she would just want to sit down and talk and I often wondered what was inside her and if you're hearing my dog just came out from inside outside and he's huffing and puffing in in his bed that's my recording studio so that's that you get what you get so I feel like that was also her spiritual nudge as well and somehow we have been gifted with that and I am honored for it but something does awaken me and like I call it It's my spiritual nudge and it is an invitation to arise and write and then rest. I've often heard this and I don't, i tried to find the source, but it says uh, the book is written, the writer can dance. And I feel like I'm still writing because I I can dance at the same time, but while this faucet is flowing, I'm going to keep writing because sometimes I can't believe I'll look up and it's like, my gosh, I have written... 12 pages, where does this time go? How does it, how was all of that for that one course, that entire uh, series, that one module for that course that I got done? in one night, in one sitting, when I don't even have an outline, I just know that it's going to flow. And I love that because that's coming from a source outside of me. And I truly believe that I'm just a vessel. So when it arrives, I know that sleep is not going to return. So I might as well just get up and do it. And again, as long as I went to sleep early, I'm totally fine. I grab my iPad, cat goes across my belly, and I start uh, typing the words that are dancing in my head. You've also heard me refer to these writings as the goddess hours because that's what I like to call it. But this is a source that comes from deep from in me that says it's it's connected within me and it's connected to something out there. And it's just beyond my reach and my limited human of understanding of what the divine is and how the divine connects to each of us. And I think that's why the gift of art, the gift of creativity, whether it's uh, dance in writing, in, in artistry, in any kind of crafting, anything where you have a vision that is a gift to the world is part of your spirituality. I believe that it it helps heal us. It gives us wonder. It reminds us that we're more than just what the corporate world defines us as, or even religion for that part, where you're hyper focused on. Oh, I just have need to suffer here because my focus is out there somewhere. My salvation is out there. So someday I'll just be with Jesus. Hallelujah! Because this this life is hell. That's not ever what this was supposed to be about. Jesus talked about heaven on earth for a reason. So that's what this is supposed to be. But uh, be about and after a lifetime of living inside a religion that held rigidly to this anthropomorphized patriarchal deity that could apparently manifest a parking spot. For me, if only I prayed hard enough and uh, could heal the person I was praying for, but another person who was being prayed for would die from the same disease. I no longer believe in that. In In fact, I reject it fully. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe in miracles and I don't believe that there can be some kind of divine manifestation but it's not contingent upon your religious beliefs. It's more about how we are connected to human, humanity. And yes, we are here having a human experience and that impacts us in ways that even sometimes is interrupted by whatever our spiritual calling is. So out of that belief system that I'm talking about came Christian nationalism. That's, a, that's a, basically an Americanized movement. Now you we have seen it, in Nazi Germany. I talked about that a little bit in the last podcast and I make a lot of videos about it. But this has been, this has arisen and they have been working, these these Christian nationalist operatives have been working a 60-year plan to ensure its control and power over this country. And I, I cannot stress this enough, but to say that we were inches away from becoming a fascist country run by Christian nationalists, that is not an understatement. It is no exaggeration. We were inches away. So as I often do before I begin my goddess writing hours uh, sessions, I scroll through my phone. I want to make sure I didn't miss any important messages, like somebody called and I missed it or something like that. But I do steer clear of notifications. I don't go down into social media rabbit holes or anything like that. I just look to see if anything urgent came in. Except this time, there in my notifications was a breaking news from the Associated Press. And it was informing me that the Senate would remain under the control of Democrats. And I chuckled, and I thought of Mitch McConnell, and I wondered what he was thinking when he heard that news. Because as my daughter likes to say, when we're showing or expressing disdain for somebody, that person can kick rocks. You know, it's kind of like a high schoolish way to, to say something. So I just thought, eh, Mitch McConnell can kick rocks. Because why my first thought was to think about what old Mitch uh, was thinking about, but I just I wanted to dismiss him with this high schoolish kind of uh, insult. I truly, I will be the first to say I have pure disdain and contempt for Mitch McConnell, and I have for years, because I did the research and I figured out that he has been a Republican extreme Christian operative in leadership, and he knew what Trump was capable of. He He acquiesced his power to this tyrant because he was the brain behind the system, and he thought Trump could be the distraction, while he created a corrupt, immoral, an ethical system inside politics to get what he wants. So make no mistake about it. McConnell is dangerous in his own right. He's smarter and more experienced and knows how to manipulate the system to get just what he wants. Just look at how he created new rules to pause Obama's SCOTUS nomination. Yet, as Trevor Noah said, Amy Coney Barrett is still out of breath from running to her appointment that was accomplished in record-breaking time. That's unethical. It's immoral. And that's Mitch McConnell. But McConnell didn't just become evil when Obama arrived. He signed a deal with the devil, literally. In the 80s, when he became a willing participant in the plan hatched by Reagan and extreme Christian operatives to secure a a patriarchal structure that ensured the white Christian male would stay in power. He was all part of that. We were always coming to this place where democracy would be held hostage by by Christian nationalism, hell-bent on turning us into a one-party party one religion, Christian centric nation. However, America, we had other plans and showed up in mass to laugh in the face of a red wave that never materialized. Notwithstanding the obvious that white women who overwhelmingly still voted for Republican, and notwithstanding the 80 some percent of evangelicals who voted for Herschel Walker. If you ever needed to see how immoral and corrupt evangelical Christianity is, reconcile with the fact that they are willing to back someone so unqualified and dismiss a reputable, compassionate, qualified pastor in Reverend Warnock because Herschel Walker can be obedient and Reverend Warnock will not. So now we're going to worry about them another day because we do have a little bit of rest before we re-engage. But today, this also reminds us that we celebrate the black women and Gen Xers who looked the devil in the face like Mitch McConnell and the rest of them and said, not today, Satan. You, for you, McConnell, Trump, and all your fascist friends will not destroy us today. So take your bigotry, tuck your tails between your legs, and go home. Now I wish this is the end of the story and we could all go back to planning our lives, knowing that democracy is safe and we'll live into perpetuity. But the brutal truth is this is only the beginning. Because let me give you a, a flyover of where it goes from here. Well, first of all, now we, we know that Trump has announced his candidacy for president. He's still a dark force who still holds too much power over political operatives. Some Christian nationalists did win, and they've already started to do damage. They won in the midterms, and they will be a force to be reckoned with as they will continue to wreak havoc where they can. And evangelicals showed up in force to vote, so indicating they are doubling down on their embracing this Christian nationalist message that would move us away from democracy and into a Christian-centric fascist nation. They will continue to be spoon-fed from the pulpit with these hate-filled sermons that convince them that they are right and the rest of us are pure evil. People like Mitch McConnell, Lauren Boebert, Rand Paul, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gaetz, they're all still lurking. And the Supreme Court remains corrupt and illegitimate. And we're finding more out out about that as time goes on, as a result, not only as a result of three appointees made by a narcissistic, tyrannical president that had no qualifications and fewer morals, we also know that there is uh, illegitimacy in some of the decisions they've made in the past as well. And the final part that's still happening is white supremacy remains the biggest threat to our democracy, white supremacy, that is entrenched in Christian nationalism, that support dominion theology. Dominion theology says that only the white Christian male should be the one in power. Now, stay with me. Like I said, I promise we're going to end this in a hopeful way because I don't share the problems that we are facing to scare you. It's to remind you that we have work to do. So I'm going to ask you, don't despair. Don't give up. We all deserve a collective sigh of relief before we re-engage, but re-engage we must for our future and the future of our children. Because during these most challenging times, I have reminded people that I believe good will prevail. I believe that because humanity is always moving towards a higher consciousness that demands equity, social justice, and that kindness and compassion guide our actions. Goodness prevails when those who are awakened to it protect it. That is where we come in to ensure that the world we leave is better than the world into which we were born. Now you will hear this podcast just a few days before the winter solstice, or you might even hear it on the day, um, I can't remember when it gets posted. That's why I love my team, they take care of that. But um, I will include here, like I said, I'm going to read something for you that I wrote several years ago about experiencing the longest night of the winter solstice but being hopeful that the light is returning. I can think of no other sacred symbolism for this season we are in because while it is true that there is work to do and some of that work will be challenging, goodness will prevail if we protect it. The light will return. Kindness will win. Happiest of holidays to you, beautiful souls, happy winter solstice and now let me read to you what i wrote several years ago it's called turning toward the light the winter solstice our ancestors understood the significance of this day which in our time has been minimized to represent quote the first day of winter end quote in my childhood the first day of winter was cause for celebration it heralded in the season of breaks and gift giving but it's so much more than that Those who came before us recognize this day as the promise of light returning, the earth warming, and generously offering provisions ensuring people's survival. This day is the sacred keeper of the shortest day and the longest night. Winter solstice doesn't promise the earth will thaw right away. On the contrary, periods of bitter cold that will test the resilience of plant and animal life still lie ahead. And yet the light is here, gradually adding minutes to each day, hinting at the healing power of the sun that will arrive in its fullness to rouse the land and all its inhabitants. The earth sleeps, things pass away and are then reborn in a new way. We begin to understand that living and losing and birthing and dying are suspended by the earth's turning away from and then back toward the sun. In our darkest of days and in our deepest pain, in our greatest sorrow, the light eventually comes. Perhaps it's just a sliver peeking through the curtains, a touch of a hand or just at the right moment phone call. Then it's a door opening. Then as our feet find movements and our hearts desire to be seen as who we are now, maybe just a little more fragile, maybe we're moving just a little bit more slowly because the light hasn't fully warmed us, finally the earth seems alive again and our bodies long to feel the soft grass beneath our feet. The sun now shines fully as we see the beauty of life around us in those who hold us gently with a knowing that we will ebb and flow with the wind as memories pierce this thin skin surrounding the heart. But we are here. Yes, beloved, look through the curtains. See the light, knowing that healing will come. The sun is on its way, as promised. Each day will bring new opportunities to warm our bodies and soothe our hearts. Beautiful souls, may the wisdom of the winter solstice be yours today. And Merry Christmas. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you and I pray you receive something I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I will see you soon. Happy New Year, happy 2022, and here's to 2023. listening, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to Spirituality Matters at RevCarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now!